What is going on, everybody? This is Tanner from TMNBaseballFan.com. It is a very chilly night out, and uh, probably cut this a little shorter um, for my walk tonight, anyways, uh, because I have shorts on. <laughs> Not that you really need to know that, but anyways, if you hear me chattering, that's why. So, uh, you know, I I've been uh, thinking a lot about this. Uh, uh, the mindset, the trends of what uh, we as collectors go through when it comes to uh, really anything, to be honest with you, not just baseball cards, but also possibly comics and Transformers, G.I. Joes, all those, right? And, uh, you know, first of all, I don't want to bog down uh, anybody that's listening for baseball cards with uh, my interests because my interests outside of baseball cards might not be your interests outside of baseball cards. So I'm sensitive to that. Um, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, Transformers and Voltron to uh, uh, make a few points though. And uh, I'll tell, tell you this by the way, like I listened to this say, uh, this uh, true crime podcast called Crime Junkie, and they have a, uh, a segment about dogs or something, and or pets, or I don't know really what it is. I don't really connect with that because I don't listen because of that. I listen uh, because of the true crime stories, but uh, same thing whenever I posted something on uh, tfworld2005.com. It's a Transformer uh, forum, and on my thread, somebody started, a few people started talking about G.I. Joe's, and I'm like, what the heck? Get off my thread. <laughs> I have no interest in G.I. Joe's whatsoever. What are you doing? So uh, I want to make sure that I don't do that with you all. But I found some very interesting uh, trends and similarities when it comes to uh, other fandoms, I guess you could say, other hobbies like Transformers and Voltron uh, that I have with baseball cards. And so... I talked about this a little bit in my book, Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict. Buy it now on Amazon.com. Uh, there was a section called Decrypting the Nostalgia Connection, I think. Something like that. And so, uh, as a quick rundown, here's kind of uh, what I've observed in this hobby for me, and not just me, but for others as well. Um, I've noticed that a lot of us have... Uh, Started collecting in the 80s or 90s. We took off, uh, took a break for several years to uh, focus on uh, friends, church, uh, girls, school, whatever it is. Um, you know, driving, and uh, you know, so we eventually end up getting settled into our lives. Maybe we get married, have kids, and then we start thinking, what about those baseball cards? And so we get excited because. Uh, we look online for the first time in years and go, holy crap, these cards that were like hot stuff back in, you know, when I was a kid, they're cheap. They are dirt cheap now. What is going on? 1988 Donruss, a complete set is no longer 30 bucks. It's five. <laughs> in fact, the shipping's more than that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. So, uh, it is as I call it, uh, junk wax is a cheap gateway drug. And uh, the reason why I say that is because a lot of us will get into this and we might even have a goal, right? Of like my, like buying all of the sets 
my childhood or just the sets from our team. And uh, we're excited because uh, it's number one, a lot cheaper, but number two, we have a lot more money than just our allowance nowadays to spend on cards. So it's kind of really, really, really easy to get into the hobby, to get back in the hobby. In fact, I would venture to say that if the junk wax era never happened in respect to them making millions of each card, if they made a tenth of them or, or something similar, I would venture to say that the hobby wouldn't be where it is right now because it wouldn't be nearly as easy for people to get back into it because the uh, cost of entry would be significantly higher. So imagine, if you will, if the 1988 Donner set that I was just talking about, it's like $5 now. Imagine, just for a second perhaps, if that set instead was $50. First of all, <laughs> kind of mind-boggling to think of an 88 Donner set to be $50, but stick with me here. So uh, instead of a, a print run of 2 million, there's 200,000 or 20,000 or whatever, just significantly smaller. And uh, the price is $50 to get that. We would think twice, three, four, five, and six times about actually uh, putting money into that set. Not just because of that, but we would also think about 88 score, 89 tops, 89 Fleer, 87 tops. I mean, all of these sets. Now imagine if they're between 50 to $100 each. That would be quite an undertaking. Whereas now, you know, you can wipe out all the sets from 88 for like, you know, 20, 30 bucks or something. I feel a card enough. Uh, but imagine if it would take two, three, four hundred dollars just for that one year. Things might be a little different nowadays. Now, uh, the reason why I say that is because when I say junk wax is a cheap gateway drug, it truly is because nobody that comes back into the hobby that I know of just sticks with junk wax. They see what else is going on, what's on, what's going on on the other side of the fence. And they see these beautiful autograph cards, the serial number, the game use cards, uh, the graded cards. And so, uh, and you know, let's be honest, from a look standpoint, from aesthetics, they look so much better than the junk wax era. Now, that's not to say anything against uh, those beautiful designs of like uh, A7 Fleer or 85 Tops or, you know, 84 Donners or anything at all. They're classics. I will always love them. But, you know, but you take a refractor of anything, you're not going to get tired of looking at it after just rocking it back and forth in the sunshine once or twice like you would, you know, A6 Tops. You know what A6 Tops look, looks like. It's not an impressive set. <laughs> so, uh, but let's say you have a, a 94 Bowman's Best or, you know, 2017 Tops anything. You know, if, if it's got some holographic material and you're looking, man, it's going to it's gonna stick with you and you're going to want to display it a lot more than you might display that uh, A6 Tops uh, traded Bo Jackson.
So as collectors, we realize why we're here. It's nostalgia primarily, a lot of us anyway. So thing is, is because we see these new cards with the same players that we loved as kids in these newer designs, guess what? <laughs> we take the plunge. We buy a few of them. And, uh, you know, if there's a 2018 Triple Threads Bo Jackson with an autograph and, you know, some uh, jersey material and bat material, how amazing is that compared to the A7 Fleer Bo Jackson that you're in love with as a kid? Um, you know, so you could have A7 Fleer Bo Jackson and, you know, for, I don't know, five bucks or whatever it is. Um, but then you get something like that Triple Threads Bo Jackson. It's like, I don't know how much they go for, $30, $40 or whatever. And surely if they keep having them sign, that price will no doubt go down on the higher serial number cards. Um, but, you know, you, you take a look at that. You're going to want to get some. And it's no longer about really nostalgia. There is a jump that has to be made for us collectors. And so I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to tell you kind of a little bit of my little mini journey over the past few months uh, concerning uh, Voltron Transformers. And I talked about this a little bit in my latest blog on TamanBaseballFan.com. It's very uh, Transformer Voltron heavy, so there's not a lot of uh, baseball card talk in it. So uh, just a little disclaimer there. If you don't care about that stuff, then don't read it. Um, but for those of you that do, uh, you might find some very interesting similarities. Like, this is how my brain worked. Uh, the way I started off uh, with uh, Voltron, for instance, is I had this, like, fleeting memory of me being six or seven years old, wanting this blue cat or blue lion toy. And I had a vague recollection of what it was. Didn't remember the name. Uh, I do remember that the lion the blue lion like connected with other color lions to build this bigger robot by the way all that still that concept still blows me away i just think it's incredibly genius but i start looking around uh this is a few years ago actually like what the heck was that called <laughs> you know say on a on a nostalgia trek on ebay you know like to try to get back the childhood that you never had so to speak and that uh, you know by the way i remember being upset because uh i was like oh man i want to get all of them and my mom and dad were like well <laughs> these are expensive so you know tanner will we'll get you maybe one a year uh your birthday and it's like oh man i'm going to be like 11 billion years old <laughs> by the time i get all of them oh man so i never got another one <laughs> so i started anyways uh, a few years ago i started researching what they could be and i read something about something called thundercats you know <laughs> that that has to be it it's thundercats so i'm looking around looking around like <laughs> this looks nothing like what i remember <laughs> <laughs> and then I start uh, doing a little more searching on 80s toys that were popular. Turns out the name's Voltron. Voltron? Come on, guys. Thundercats would have been a way better name for that. <laughs> they are freaking lions. I mean, come on now. Anyway, so uh, I start looking around and go, holy crap. These sets can go for, you know, one, $200 or more. And, uh... I'm not going to put that kind of money into something that 
number one, I know I have to research the crap out of uh, to make sure that I get a good deal and you know can sell later if I want to. Uh, so I shelf that uh, the idea. I come back to it uh, a little bit before this last Christmas. I go, okay, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to do the research uh, necessary. I'm going to uh, put and do my due diligence, put the work in uh, to do this thing. And by the way, that's exactly my approach that I recommend to you if you're looking into getting any other type of uh, niche of baseball cards uh, before you buy to make sure you do your homework, make sure you buy right, so that way you can sell later without losing money. So, anyways, I did my due diligence, and guess what? Just like baseball cards, Voltron has done the same thing. Over the years, they've come out with some newfangled, shinier, bigger sets. They're collector's items and, you know, all that. So, uh, my first thought was like, no. I'm here for nostalgia reasons. I want to figure out the kind that I had. So this search turns out that the type that I likely had was from the Panache place. And it was plastic, not die cast. And it has a little uh, uh, windshield thing that you can close and open. And there's a person that goes in. So I did some research. I found a set. And I remember verbalizing this to uh, my family saying, you know, yeah, I'd love to get a vintage set. I do not have any interest in these newer ones. They're like, what's that have to do with like my, you know, my feeling of wanting to get these uh, toys back that I never even really had as a kid, except for the blue one. You know, it just didn't make sense. No, 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 no. Those are cheap copies. They're imitations. So I start looking around on YouTube videos and, you know, they're praising these new sets. And they said one of the sets was actually uh, had the same, uh, was in the same lineage as the uh, originals. And it was made in the last year or two. It's called the uh, GX71 kit uh, set. And it's die cast and it's beautiful. And I go, huh, this is interesting because these look great. I picked up the vintage set that I had from like 1984 or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, I go, huh, I think I got it in, you know, 86 or 87. I go, huh, these are like kind of bulky and, you know, they don't really have much articulation and, you know, they're brittle and, huh, one of the, one of the legs is loose and, you know, great condition set, but like, huh, okay, well, <laughs> It, you know, it looks like it's, well, a toy from the early to mid-80s. <laughs> and then this thing, though, the GX71, like, man, you can do all kinds of things with this. Like, this is an incredible set. And so, just like that, all of a sudden, guess what? I really, really wanted a GX71 set. And I find it funny. I find it interesting because when it comes to, like, baseball cars, for instance, um, you know, they... Uh, I think buybacks and PSA graded cards, they do kind of the same thing because you want almost like your, as like the manufacturer of these, you want to have uh, the ability for your buyer to have one foot inside the nostalgia pool where you want the other one to be in the uh, exclusive pool. Uh, you know, so when it comes to buybacks, um, you know, you can 
do that perfectly. You have a, you know, uh, card from your childhood that's like legit from your childhood, but it's serial numbered and, you know, it's signed by your favorite player and it's encased and all that. So uh, they do that very nicely with buybacks. Now, when it comes to, uh, what else? Like, uh, kind of lost my train of thought here. Um, but, uh, you know, anyways, I mean, just going back to the buyback. So that's, uh, that's like perfect. That's exactly what like Voltron did, um, <laughs> you know, with this, uh, GX 71 and some of these other kits. And so I said, this is the cream of the crop kit. So I buy it and, you know, I, I put them up uh, together, uh, just last night actually. And I don't know, I might actually like the vintage more, <laughs> but uh, the GX71 is actually really, really cool. So it's uh, very difficult. My wife, uh, Holly, she says that she likes the, uh, she might like the original one better also. But, um, and by the way, the original was probably, I think about a fourth the price, a third, fourth the price of the GX71. Um, so same with Transformers. Here's the same thing that happened, guys. Like there's a... Uh, a G1, which means, you know, Generation 1, a transformer called uh, the Constructicons. They are lime green, and uh, there's six of them. And they're like the uh, bulldozer and the tractor and all this. And so all six of them can, they're called combiners. So they can combine into one big transformer called a Devastator. Uh, the Devastator. And uh, again... I had this weird fleeting memory of the shovel piece of one of the guys that my uh, that my friend had as a kid. And I go, huh, man, I got to look into these. These are pretty cool. And I couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, I need to get this uh, one of these G1 sets and uh, put together and display it. And, you know, so uh, I get the set and uh, I'm like... Same thing as before, you know, I have no interest in, in getting uh, uh, these newer ones. Like, who wants that? What's that have to do with the nostalgia feelings that I have toward Transformers? Nah, that's, uh, that's nothing at all. So, I get the original set. Long story short, I'm probably going to be selling that original set. Because, once again, as with Voltron, as with the baseball cards that we do, um, I looked... <laughs> And there are some awesome, awesome, awesome new sets of Devastator and all the other Transformers. Like, these guys are massive. Like, one of them stands like a foot and a half tall. And, you know, you can't pick it up with one hand. You've got two hands that you've got to use to do it. And um, it's just an incredibly amazing piece. And so... Uh, you know, that's kind of um, what I did is I ended up buying uh, from China <laughs> this, uh, this set. And so another thing that's kind of interesting that's kind of parallel, but maybe not really, is uh, when it comes to baseball cards and Transformers. So for baseball cards, first of all, everybody knows as much as they want to complain about it, um, Tops is the cream of the crop. They're the only ones with, with the license uh, to have logos and that sort of thing. Uh, and as far as design goes, yeah, I mean, they basically kill all the others. Um, Panini and Leaf do great things for sure. And in fact, some of my favorite cards they have are from Panini and Leaf. However, um, 
on a consistent basis for baseball cards. I'm not talking about basketball or football or anything. Because uh, uh, I've seen Panini's work on basketball cards. They're amazing. <laughs> They're incredible, incredible. And I don't really pay attention a whole lot to basketball and football. Uh, but in spite of all that, you have Topps as the front runner. Now, uh, one thing that's been fun as a custom card maker uh, is I've had truckloads of people say, Tanner, oh my gosh, you make the coolest cards I've ever seen in my whole life. And some of these people have cards in my collection, in their collection uh, from me. And they say, your piece that you did for me is the best I have. And to be honest with you, I can't really connect with that. <laughs> like whenever I create something, I never, like I, I see it for the flaws and the things that, you know, maybe didn't go right or, uh, you know, things that might have thought you know, I felt differently in my head of how it should come out. But like each time, uh, people will come back and say, oh man, this is amazing. Oh man, it's incredible. I love hearing that. Like, I mean, who wouldn't, right? But the interesting thing is, is just for Transformers, there are guys out there that do custom pieces as well. And I was shocked. And by the way, custom Transformer pieces, uh, you guys like, it can be really, really expensive. Even the custom paint jobs, which <laughs> I, uh, I completely understand. I get it because uh, when I put together one of these uh, Transformers, uh, I remembered like feeling like one of those old retired guys with the classic music going on in the background while they're uh, putting together uh, those model sail ships and putting them in bottles uh, with their bifocals on and that sort of thing. That's kind of how I felt when I was putting together these Transformers. Is <laughs> they're definitely not your uh, not your dad's Transformers, that's for sure. Like I remember those things being put together and or being transformed in like you know a minute or something. But nowadays, like, it'll take you, for a big one, maybe like half hour. Or I'm not, I'm sorry, not a half hour, but like a whole afternoon or so. It's crazy. So, um, anyways, all that to say, um, you know, it's kind of funny because not only that, the third party developers, which is almost how I would consider Panini and Leaf, the third party Transformer guys, they are beating the snot out of the officially licensed uh, transformers that are put out. Like, and that knocked me back. I thought that was interesting. And it made me think, I wonder what Panini and Leaf would have to do short of getting a license um, to make their cards better than tops. I think it's doable. I really do. Not sure exactly if they'll get there. Though, like I said before, both companies do put out uh, impressive sets. They also put out sets that are not impressive at all. <laughs> but then again, so is Topps. Um, but I just thought this is amazing that Transformers, they kind of are parallel with baseball cards in this respect. However, the third party guys are simply outclassing the licensed ones. And uh, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing to me. I'll give you an example. Uh, there are uh, another nostalgia uh, kind of thing got to me was uh, the Dinobots, the dinosaur robot transformers. Like, how sweet does that sound? <laughs> how amazing to have dinosaurs that transform into robots and back. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, you have like the officially licensed ones from like 
Hasbro or Takara or something like that. Not really that impressive, to me at least. Then you have this company, there's a couple companies, Fantoys and Gigapower. And Gigapower is the one I went with. I got all the uh, Dinobot Transformers. Uh, Gigapower blows the doors off of the officially licensed Dinobots. They are huge, they are chromed out, they've got like all kinds of cool colorful little kibble is what they call it on the sides and backs and everything. Just an amazing, amazing, uh, they're, they're amazing pieces. I mean, love displaying them. I love looking at them. And, uh, you know, so I, I just find it interesting. And I wonder if baseball cards will ever be that way as well. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, I guess back to the original point here, though, is that's kind of where I'm at. And I think where a lot of people are at. And it's not just exclusive to baseball cards. You get in. You get back into the hobby because of nostalgia. Um, the companies get you, <laughs> so to speak, because they have all kinds of amazing new technologies. They mix your, uh, you know, nostalgic feelings with new technology and come out with amazing things. And my gosh, just like Voltron, just like Transformers, baseball cards. That's how it is too. Um, so I'm not really sure what to make of this information or what to do with it other than just recognize what's happening. <laughs> and uh, I guess uh, self-awareness is, is, is pretty big. And, uh, and I, again, I don't really know why. I don't know uh, what to make of this. But perhaps maybe one of the good things that comes out of this, guys, is that uh, you know we can kind of uh, uh, better focus what we're trying to do. Because again, as with any uh, pool of any hobby that I'm dipping my toe into, I want to make sure that my purchases are only things that I love. Like, not just kind of like or whatever, but that I love. And it's also a good reminder to remind you all that, you know, again, if you're getting into anything, especially like even cards, make sure that you do your research. Make sure that you buy right. Because... As you do this, you're not going to buy a card every single time and fall in love with it till you die. That's just not how it works. You're going to enjoy it. It's going to satisfy something in you, whether it's like for a few days, weeks, months, or a year or something like that. But eventually, there's going to be a lot of cards that you just want to get rid of. And so that's why it's important that you buy right so that way you can sell later. Because believe me, it is miserable to potentially buy a card for 100 only to find out you can sell it for 50 later and you know look everybody does that it's unfortunate it happens um but uh you know it's important to do your research and buy right so that way it uh, doesn't happen as much so with all that said um i will go ahead and wrap up here and uh tell you I, i'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think about this nostalgia connection and uh yeah thanks guys for listening as always uh please do like subscribe and share this blog wait let me go back i said blog didn't i i meant podcast okay there we go please like subscribe and share this podcast <laughs> have a great night